Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Today we're in Isaiah 56 and we're covering the topic of salvation for others. But before we get started, let's just open with a quick word of prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this time and this day. Thank you for all that you've done. I'm grateful, Father, that you walk beside us, that you hold us close, and that we can come before you with our hearts and our minds open to you, seeking out your will and your wisdom. I just pray, Father, for this time. I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds. And I just pray that you would speak to us and that it would be your words that would be spoken that you would say the things that you want us to hear, that you would help us to understand what needs to be understood, and that your wisdom and insight would be imparted upon us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So in 56, it's about the salvation of others, as I said just a second ago. Um, Let's just go ahead and get started. Verse 1. This is what the Lord says. Maintain justice and do what is right, for my salvation is close at hand and my righteousness will soon be revealed. Blessed is the one who does this, the person who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath without desecrating it, and keeps their hands from doing evil. Let no foreigner who is bound to the Lord say, The Lord will surely exclude me from his people. And let no eunuch complain, I am only a dry tree. For this is what the Lord says, To the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose what, what pleases me, and hold fast to my covenant. To them I, I will give within my temple and its walls a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that will endure forever. And foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord, to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord, and to be his servants, all who keep the Sabbath without desecrating it, and hold fast to my covenant. There I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. The Sovereign Lord declares, He who gathers exiles of Israel will gather still others to them, besides those already gathered. So again, we're seeing we are part of God's plan. We are part of his family. We are part of his nation. He has planned for us. He has accepted us. He has adopted us. God's accusation against the wicked. Come all ye beasts of the field. Come and devour all ye ye beasts of the forest. Israel's watchmen are blind. They all lack knowledge. They are all mute dogs. They cannot bark. They lie around and dream. They love to sleep. They are dogs with mighty appetites. They never have enough. They are shepherds who lack understanding. They all turn to their own way. They seek their own gain. Come, each one cries, let me get wine. Let us drink our fill of beer, and tomorrow will be like today, for even far better, or even far better. So that's not a very flattering picture of some of the Israelites. Um, You know, hey, it's a dog's life. It's not always considered bad, but in this case it is. They're not paying attention. They're not doing what God wants, and they're basically being drunkards. And we've, we've seen before that God does not really look kindly upon drunkards and those who basically get numb and don't do what they're supposed to do because they're numb. And I know sometimes in, in life people 
have ups and downs and during their downs they do use alcohol to or drugs to escape and God doesn't want us to to do that he wants us to be present he wants us to be looking to him and conscious and cognizant he wants us to maintain justice and do what is right for his salvation is close at hand it's an it's a very impactful chapter it's one that demonstrates God was thinking of us. He loves us. And he was planning for us. It also was one that shows that we really need to stay alert to him because the day of his coming is soon. And it talks about what we need to do. We need to be faithful, keep his covenant. You know, it talks about keeping the Sabbath without desecrating it. I'm not sure exactly what that means. I know a lot of people get wrapped up um, Seventh-day Adventists are very focused on that. And Jesus talked about how he came to complete the law and fulfill the law. And the law was no longer what we had to keep. It was now the covenant of, of grace versus the covenant of the law. So two different things, different topic for a different day. And But it does talk about that we're all accepted in, even if we're eunuchs, or we're foreigners in a, in a different land, in a far-off land. We're all wanted by God, and his house will be a house of prayers of many nations. So with that, I'm just going to cover, I'm going to go over, you know, we talked about, um, for the Sunday Mindset, discussing and going through, basically putting God first, and how to do that. And what typically happens to me, when I do make a a decision or want to make a change as soon as I profess it as soon as I commit to it it becomes very difficult to do (laughs) I struggle I have all sorts of distractions I think I talked about them yesterday about how if I don't start my day immediately with being on my knees with prayer I get distracted how if I respond or look at my phone and A friend sends a reel from Instagram, I get distracted. And so today in my reading, I'm reading in, um, as again, you're probably aware, I'm reading A.W. Tozer, what it means to have Christ living in you. And I'm reading all three of his books, so, um, or three of his books. He has a lot more than that. And this is about, this chapter now is, is about faith and it's very intense. It's faith, the, the misunderstood doctrine. And it's, you know, he gets right into it. God addresses his words to faith. And where no faith is, no true revelation is possible. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. And so there's, there's a lot of different parts to this chapter. And I'm not going to go through them all. There is one paragraph that I just want to share real quick. True faith rests upon the character of God and asks no further proof than the moral perfections of the one who cannot lie. It is enough that God said it, and if the statement should carry should contradict every one of the five senses and all the conclusions of logic as well, still the believer continues to believe. Let God be true, but every man a liar is the language of true faith. Heaven approves such faith because it rises above mere proofs and rest in the bosom of God. So there's often, you know, I've, I've talked about, I feel like in a lot of ways, 
I am building out a theology for myself and, and a life that, and a faith that's based on, or a belief that's based upon a theology of, you know, making sure I do this and that and the different pieces to it. And, you know, God tells me, no, rest in me. And just because you're reading, just because you're learning doesn't mean that you now understand. It's really, no, you need to just rest in me and have faith in me to lead you and that I am enough. And that's really what this part of faith gets back into this chapter. It discusses and really shows that even if all of my senses tell me something could not possibly be true, it doesn't matter. If God said it happened, if God spoke it, then God is true. He is truth. And he does not lie. So it does happen. It's kind of in the, in the same frame that I always think about. The creation of the world. So many people tell me that it's billions of years old. Because they look at the fossil record. They look at the half-lives of plutonium and various you know, of uranium and whatnot. And they say, oh, based upon all of those measures of carbon dating, that the, the world, the earth is, you know, millions of years old. And while there may be some technical merit to all that, and I'm sure there is, it doesn't mean that God couldn't have created the world in its current state with the various half-lives, with the various fossil records, with everything that's currently in place that people measure to date it, doesn't mean that he didn't create it at that, so that it demonstrated that time and place in that structure. So even though my senses and my intellect may say, oh, it's millions of years old or billions, my faith says, no, God said it, he spoke it, and it's real. And that's really what it ha comes down to is, is it the, what I can see or what he says. And that's why it's so important to read every day his word. Lord God, I come before you thanking you this for your wisdom and your insights. I thank you for your love and your patience. I just thank you that you're available to me to open my heart, open my mind, and that you're there to run to, to seek answers from, and that you've put in place others who can help me and help us understand for our faith to grow closer and, and stronger. And that with your daily readings, with your understanding, with your help, with your Holy Spirit, with your wisdom, we get closer to you. I just pray for our hearts to be truly open to you and to be filled with who you are, your love, and your spirit. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining me at Just a Guy and his journey back to God.